0: You know, Connor, it took Tom Brady 20 years to win seven Super Bowls. It has taken Bayern Munich, the winners today of the Club World Cup, 10 months to win six trophies. What the hell has Tom Brady been waiting for, man? I'm just kidding, everybody. Don't get mad. Don't be hating. Connor told me to do it. I didn't want to do it. He said I had to do it. I do want to talk about my buddy uh, Jerry Trotta, though, over at Fansided. He's right up there in the Doug Kyde territory of people I respect. And he says that the New England Patriots should be embarrassed by Tom Brady's contract embarrassed Connor he says he should be embarrassed by Tom Brady's contract and look in fairness this is the most money that Tom Brady has ever made in his career 25 million plus 3.3 in bonuses this year but I do want to point out to everybody that Tom Brady willingly took pay cuts to try to build the team around him in the process winning six Super Bowls his wife is also worth a quadrillion dollars so I think Tom Brady could afford it. I don't think he's on food stamps. I think the $280 million that he made when he was with the New England Patriots did him just fine. But what I don't like about people like Jerry Trot is he goes out and he says things like, hey, look at Tom Brady's first contract, a six-year, $60 million contract. How disgusting is that? Well, I want to say something. In 2005, when Tom Brady signed his first contract, the salary cap was $85.5 million in the National Football League. In 2020, it was $198.2 million, Jerry. So, maybe you should get your facts straight before you try to twist things around and make your narrative. I don't like your narrative. You know what? It's your boy Ray. I'm with my boy Connor. Our girl Sarah's having technical issues. She'll be with us eventually. Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation Podcast. And we are back. Yes, we are. What's going on, everybody? Hey, don't forget to check out our Patreon page where Connor went into more detail about the Andrew Benatendi trade. I answered two separate questions about the Patriots wide receivers. And now you can see a full behind the scenes and full interviews with Lawrence Owen, our Patriots outsider. Go over to patreon.com slash DPN sports talk DPN sports Patreon.com slash DPN sports. You get tons of exclusive content for just five bucks a month. Connor, what's going on, man? Sarah's having technical difficulties. She's restarting the hardware, trying to get on it. It's just you and I right now. So before I get into our subject, I really want to talk about today. Let me talk about this one with you, man. Mike Reese came out and put out a bold prediction and said that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the Patriots quarterback in 2021. Really? Yeah. How do you feel about that, bro?
2: Wow. He said that today. Uh, yes, today. Wow, I must have missed that. I did not see that. Um, That's pretty crazy because I actually respect uh, Reese. He usually doesn't put out BS. So for him to say that, he, I think he must have either a strong inclination or like a legitimate source back in that. Um, so maybe that really is going to be what happens. I know it's all been speculation to this point, but until I hear somebody like him, for example, say something like that, I always think it's just us fans. But now maybe it really is going to be a reality. Um. I I like Jimmy G. I think he'd be a good option. I I don't know what other options they have at this point.
0: If the Patriots were going to bring on Jimmy Garoppolo, would you rather wait to see San Francisco release him, or Mm -hmm. do you think the Patriots need to make a move and trade for him?
2: I think that they should wait to release him. What happens if they trade for him? Do they have to take on his contract, how it currently sits? Yes. Yes. Okay, they would have to take. <laughs> What, what do you a, think What right, did you think right. was going What did you think it was, Connor? So, so cuz he's getting paid a lot of money right now, isn't he still? I know he signed that big contract, but if they cut him, it's like $2 million, which is tons of money to us but pennies in the terms of NFL money.
0: Well, I'm on sport track, which is the uh, leader on contracts. So in 2021, he would carry a cap hit of $26.4 million. That's a lot You're, of dough yearly cash of twenty-five. Yeah. And in twenty twenty two, he would get cash of twenty-five point six with a cap hit of twenty seven million dollars. If the San Francisco 49ers were to cut him this year, it would cost them two point eight million dollars in dead cap, saving them, you know, roughly say twenty-three and a half million dollars this season. And it would only cost them one point four next year in dead cap, saving them. Yeah you know roughly 25 and a half million so yeah i mean it's you know give or take
2: a lot of money for them to save i think they probably will cut him but then by the uh, the tough part there is what if they don't and the patriots are banking on him being cut then he never gets cut he stays with the 49ers um i don't know unless belichick already kind of knows that he's definitely getting cut Then they might have to hopefully try and trade for him and then as soon as they do trade for him restructure his contract if that's the case as well are you good at math Eh, not really
0: (laughs) okay well we won't do the math then I, i just i thought it would be interesting math so in 2018 jimmy garoppolo signed his massive deal Yeah, with, with, with the, uh, San Francisco 49ers, a five-year, $137 million, a cap hit in 2018 of 37 million yearly cash. You know, what he got paid in 2018, $41.9 million. Oh my
2: goodness. Jeez. And he got injured. What week one? Three. Week three, yeah, he very played early, I remember.
0: basically two and a half games and got paid forty one point nine million dollars. And six six million of that was his base salary, so yep. they probably saved a little bit of cash on that. He had a roster bonus of twenty eight point eight million dollars
2: oh and goodness. a signing
0: bonus of one point five. That means when he showed up, he had a guaranteed uh, $30 million.
2: Yeah. They way overpaid based on those, uh, two and a half games. They saw of him here in new England. In 2019, he played a full 16. Yep. Yep. And they went to the super bowl. Only had a cap
0: cap hit of 20 million. Paid him 18.6 million. So they got a way better deal in 2019, 2020 cap hit went up to 26.1. They paid him yearly cash of 24.7. Damn. He played six games in 2020. There's a lot of concern around Jimmy Garoppolo and his injury history. And apparently that's why the Patriots aren't sold on him coming to New England. Right. Would you, are you concerned about Jimmy Garoppolo at that type of money?
2: Yes, definitely. Because the Patriots also have a lot of other places where they need to address, um, positions where they need to spend money wide receiver obviously probably tight end defensive tackle for sure they need to figure something out with uh linebackers so they they have a bunch of spots where they need to allocate money as it is so if they're going to tie up whatever it is 25 to 30 million dollars at the quarterback position you want to know it's somebody who's a sure thing not like jimmy g who yeah if he stays healthy he'll probably be pretty good but over the past three years he's played A season and a half basically so if they're gonna tie up all that money for him to hopefully play a full season and give up all the money they could spend at other positions it's definitely risky
0: yeah and i think that's why if the patriots were interested in either carson wentz or jimmy garoppolo it'd be more jimmy garoppolo uh because apparently the patriots aren't interested in carson wentz at all and i think it's because they're asking for a matthew stafford type of trade yeah and He's not, he's the same injury prone that Jimmy Garoppolo is. So that'll bring us into our next category. I was really wanted to do it with Sarah, but we'll let her jump in when she gets here. I can't, I can't skip away from the title of the show for more than 10 minutes. Uh, PFF came out, I think it was yesterday and put out an article talking about one thing that a team shouldn't do. And one team is should. Uh, one thing a team should do. Yep. And what they said was, is that the Patriots should liquidate their assets and start their rebuild. And the worst thing that they could do is bring in a mid-level quarterback, mid-level receivers and tight ends, and try to go for it in 2021. PFF is saying based on everything they're seeing from the Patriots, from an analytical perspective, the new England Patriots basically need to tank the 2021 season. Right. Before I get into my questions, what's your overall thoughts on PFS perspective?
2: They're probably much more accurate than my fan optimistic feelings over here where the Patriots go for it and try and win a Super Bowl and then probably just kick the can further down the road where the rebuild becomes harder and harder and you know more difficult as the, the road goes down. But they're probably correct. I just don't want to, I just don't want to do it for whatever reason. I want to see Belichick hopefully win another super bowl. And I don't think he's going to be around that long, but we'll see. So if you were the new England Patriots and you were going to compete in 2021, I think we've talked
0: a lot about like, you'd rather see them compete. I want to see them rebuild. We've gone back and forth, but outside of the quarterback, we really haven't addressed like everything we want to see the Patriots do this offseason yep what if they're gonna go for it what would you like to see them do and start with the quarterback what kind of what kind of quarterback do you want them to bring in what kind of receivers are you looking at what do you want them to do defensively what do you want the patriots to do to compete in 2021
2: i want to see them get somebody like jimmy g if if not better although i think jimmy g is probably going to be one of the best guys in the open market now that matt stafford's gone and carson wentz is basically out of the picture and then hopefully also draft the quarterback so they can play this guy for the next couple of years and then have the rookie hopefully all groomed and ready to go. Wide receiver, I don't really want to see them draft a wide receiver. We've done that a bunch of times. I want to see them go out and get somebody who we already know is a solidified number one, Allen Robinson, maybe Chris Godwin, Corey Davis, finally trade for OBJ like we've been thinking about for so long. Um, I'd like to see them do something at tight end, whether it's draft Kyle Pitts in the first round, Sign someone like Hunter Henry, maybe someone uh, a tier down, and then hopefully one of the two guys, either Keen or Asiasi from last season, will step up. Then I want to see them get a defensive tackle on defense. Linebacker, they might be able to wait because I'm hoping Hightower comes back. I don't see them really needing any help in the secondary, so I'll leave the secondary alone. But defensive tackle is very important. Hopefully something at tight end, and then veterans as far as wide receiver and quarterback go. And from
0: so you think that the Patriots should take a quarterback in the draft this year, even if they're going for it in 2021. So don't don't address the position like BPA best available or BAP best available player. You would rather them still bring in a quarterback, probably, I'm assuming in one of the higher rounds, first or second round, and try to develop them into being the starting quarterback of the Patriots.
2: Yeah, I mean, I go back and forth, though, because I also don't want Belichick to take a quarterback just to take a quarterback because I know we're all pretty high on Mac Jones thinking that he might be there at number 15. But for all we know, Belichick could not even really want to take him. So I don't want him to just take a quarterback just to take one. And I don't think he'll do that anyways. I think he's going to take whoever it is he's going to take. I mean, he he could take a safety for all we know. Whoever he likes and sees on the board at that position, I think he'll go for. But I think that they need to do something for quarterback immediately, unless they, they want to go on a full rebuild. They need to do something now and something for the future.
0: Okay. So question for you then. Yep. And I know a lot of people are saying that let's retool and build for the future at the same time. That's a difficult thing to do because I think if you're looking at competing in 2021, you have to pick the best available player at a position in need. For this season, which right. takes the quarterback out of the equation.
2: Yeah. Then, yeah.
0: So let's say for an instant, for, for a moment, let's say that they get to the 15 pick, Mac Jones or Justin Fields is available. Cause they're saying both could go down. Could drop right. down to 15. One, or one of each, not both. Right. But one might overtake the other. Let's say they're both available. Let's say we, they're both going to pan out just for argument's sake. Let's say either like Jalen Waddle, the receiver up from Alabama or Kyle Pitts is sitting there. Yeah, there's also a great big defensive tackle available that can, you know, a big nose tackle or a big inside linebacker that we've, we've seen the Patriots attached to who are you drafting? Are you drafting a quarterback for the future or are you drafting for one of the positional needs now?
2: That's a good question. I mean, based on what I've, what I've been saying, I guess they'd, they'd have to want to draft Kyle Pitts because that's who'd make the most immediate impact presuming that the quarterbacks wouldn't make an impact until a couple years from now, then I don't know, that would be them going with Jimmy G, going for it this year, and then hopefully taking a quarterback next year at this point or in 2023, whatever it might be. Because I think if they do get Jimmy G, Jimmy G is still young enough that he could play the quarterback position if he doesn't get injured for the next four or five years at least. I think Jimmy G's what, late 20s?
0: uh yeah how old is jimmy g 20. i
2: think he's like 29 i want to say
0: so i'm trying to get sarah into uh (laughs) into this into the chat right now uh jimmy garoppolo is oh i clicked on his stats
2: he is 29. 29 okay yeah so he could still have another five plus years in him if he stays healthy that's just the only issue that's the same thing that we keep going back to with this guy if he stays healthy
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's a huge concern for me, to be honest with you is his health, his health is probably the biggest concern of them all. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause here. And we're going to look at our ads. We're also going to try to get Sarah on the show. And see what happens I have told her to switch browsers To see if that makes a difference But first I want you to hear from our sponsors Over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company Visit RockyMountainBarber.com And get all the products you need To take care of your hair, beard and skin Get their small batch all natural beard balms And oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products Razor blades and so much more Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company And use the promo code RAYROUTE And save 5% off all your orders Get your small batch hygiene products At RockyMountainBarber.com And you can also hear about our sponsors over at manscaped.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from manscaped.com. And use the promo code RayRoute and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at manscaped.com.
2: Manscaped
0: hello hello hello
3: i am finally here oh my god
0: welcome to the show welcome (sighs) sarah has arrived let's put connor on the bottom since he covers his face anyhow i do but definitely repping the Manscaped shirt today all right guys so yesterday we talked about uh that ridiculous article about robert Kraft needing to sell the team yes we also got told that we're not objective which is why i saw a
3: comment too that was talking some smack on youtube too oh yeah but, there no, were we oh yeah i saw that Mm-hmm. there's a lengthy comment too which was i just thought was funny because i was like if it's if it's like a paragraph you would think that it would be an accurate description about us then
2: some of them I, are multiple paragraphs yes yeah <laughs> L- like multiple. ignore the haters
0: right let's not let's not get too deep into that on the show um but What we do best on this channel is we try to find people and we decided to add it right to the podcast. It's now time for an interview I did earlier today with our boy, Lawrence Owen an Indianapolis Colts fan. Yeah, buddy. On this edition of the Patriots outside. All right, everybody, it's now time for Patriots Outsider, and I brought in, as always, our boy, Lawrence Owen. Lawrence is a Colts fan. He hates the Patriots, but he doesn't hate on the Patriots. Lawrence, how you doing, buddy?
1: Man, I'm doing great, man. It's a week after the Super Bowl. Ain't nothing to talk about except for offseason stuff now, finally. Yay!
0: <laughs> well, we like to bring you in here. See, we get told we're too biased on the show. Sonner, Connor, Sarah, myself, Tyson, Gabby, mm-hmm. we're all too biased. So we bring you in to give us an unbiased opinion. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, let, let me prelude it. Patriot fans are upset, Lawrence. Patriot fans are upset that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, that Bill Belichick let him walk away. And yesterday on Chowder and Champions, written by fansided, this guy, Michael DeVito, who I've lost all respect for. Wrote an article, and in the article said that Robert Kraft should sell the New England Patriots because of how they handled the Tom Brady situation. And you thought maybe that's a one-liner? No, no. He then followed up with four paragraphs of why Robert Kraft should sell the New England Patriots to somebody else. Now, Lawrence, this is a good thing and a bad thing. You're old enough to remember the 80s early nineties when the Patriots were the joke of the league. So let me ask you a Patriots outsider. Should Robert Kraft, the man who turned this team around sell the new England Patriots because Tom
1: Brady won the super bowl. That's a ridiculous statement. I can't believe he even said it. This is, this is a guy again. I think it's just one clicks. Uh, sell it. I mean, come on. First off, from what I'm understanding, Brady wanted out. It wasn't had nothing to do with trying to keep him. He wanted out anyhow. And secondly, no disrespect to Tom Brady, greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. There's there's no debating it now, right? You know, seven Super Bowl rings. I get it. He's he's now has what the most touchdowns combination with a receiver in a Super Bowl history, right? Also with Gronk. So yeah, uh I get it. But at the same time, as I said, no disrespect to Brady, but I think with the team that the Buccaneers had, a good, solid quarterback who didn't turn the football over, any good, solid quarterback, even Fitzmagic, could have won the Super Bowl with that team. Now, Matthew, you just upset a
0: lot of people. But here's the
1: deal. A quarterback like Fitzmagic being on the team would not have brought in all those extra free agents to the team. So it wouldn't have been the same team with Fitzmagic as as it was with Tom Brady. So the name of Tom Brady brought those people. But the fact of the matter is that the run game and the defense won that Super Bowl.
0: So Robert Kraft should not be selling the New England Patriots.
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, my good this is the huge difference between what the Tampa Bay team looked like this year and the New England Patriots. And it's not because, I mean, good lord, uh Bill Belichick is out there busted his butt for what 20 years uh winning Super Bowls after Super Bowls after going to Super Bowls all year, year in, year out. And they have one down season because the the quarterback that they've had for the last 17 years or something, 20 years, I don't know, uh, decided, you know what, I want to go somewhere else to get out from underneath a shadow. Come on, man. You got to give this guy a little bit of time to to these two guys, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, to to build this team back and see what they can do. Yeah,
0: and, you know, so because of the Super Bowl, primarily Gronkowski catching two touchdown passes, Antonio Brown, cat, you know, Patriots legend Antonio Brown catching a touchdown pass. A lot of Patriot fans turned around and said, you know, if Robert Kraft would have let go of his ego and re-signed Antonio Brown this year and if Bra- Belichick would have just said, kept Brady, he could have got Gronk to come out of retirement and they could have done this together. But what, in my opinion, what I think Patriot fans are forgetting is that the Patriots didn't have Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, uh Brates, you know, all those kind of guys. Could the Patriots have competed and went to the Super Bowl with just Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski?
1: I don't think so. I don't I, Did you watch uh the offense from last year for the Patriots? I mean, I I I don't think so. I really don't. Um you also got to remember Yes, the Patriots got a good defense, but their front seven needed help this year, right? I mean, they did. They didn't have a Namakinsu and a Barnett on that team, you know? they The Tampa Bay front seven is what kept Kansas City from turning field goals into touchdowns, and – that's that's exactly what happened that game. It, it has nothing to do with uh, whether Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski or, or Antonio Brown is on the team.
0: Well, Lawrence, I think you came in and talked some sense. Uh, you infuriated two fan bases at the same time. You also complimented Bill Belichick, so you infuriated your own fan base at the same time because we all know the Dungy, Be- the Dungy Belichick beef. But we really appreciate you having you on. Uh, before we get back to the podcast, why don't you tell the people
1: where they can find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Colts underscore law. And you can find me on YouTube. Uh, Lawrence Owen, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E-O-W-E-N. Or you can just type in Colts Law on YouTube. I'm there as well.
0: And if you all are interested, Lawrence puts out every Friday on Deer Pats Nation, a film room. This week, he's doing it on, I think, the most popular free agent prospect. A Mr. Allen Robinson. Is it going to be sweet or what?
1: Oh, uh, he's my favorite wide receiver free agent. I mean, come on. So
0: check that out tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern time on the Dear Pats Nation channel. And let's get back. Uh, I've always wanted to do this. Sarah, Connor, Ray, back to you. And nice. we're back. <laughs> so I got to ask you guys, because I think you saw my face. What was your reaction when he said, Fitz Magic could have won the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. Oh boy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the same reaction as you, basically. Like, come on now. Come on now. Don't say like, that.
0: Ooh. Oh, I wasn't saying don't say that. I loved it. I love well, a little spice. Lawrence yeah. don't hold back. Lawrence will be as Lawrence will be as as candid as he believes he is. And that's why I bring him on here. And uh trust me for all the jimmy garoppolo lovers you're not gonna like uh one of the upcoming (laughs) interviews that are gonna be on this weekend because lawrence gave his true evaluation to jimmy garoppolo man connor you got any comments for us hopefully none of them
2: ripping our boy lawrence too badly i haven't seen because i've been holding on to this one i wanted to make sure i didn't miss it here um, big fo- big follower. Shout out to Faseal. The only gift I want from Ray and Connor is a happy birthday live. And Sarah, if you weren't here in the beginning. Happy birthday. Yeah.
3: Happy birthday. Happy
2: birthday, birthday to, you. to you. Happy, happy birthday,
0: birthday to you. To you happy Happy birthday birthday. happy birthday Mm -hmm. happy birthday to Mm -hmm. you
2: that was beautiful you sounded like you didn't know the words (laughs) um i was gonna go happy birthday for seal there oh i didn't want to mess it up all right well i didn't want to say his name wrong so that's why i just said happy birthday (laughs) (laughs) touche but happy birthday man he's always watching the show i appreciate it hope you had a good day Happy birthday. All right, we got a uh we got a donation here from Billy Green. Shout out Billy Green. He said, "How do you feel if we kept Cam and draft Mac Jones?" That's definitely an option. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that transpired. Cam I don't think would be a terrible bridge quarterback and if Mac Jones is the guy Belichick thinks is going to pan out for the future, then I'm not opposed to just going forward with that.
0: I'm, I'm not of course. I'm not an anybody but Cam type of guy. That's not who I am. But I think there are better options than Cam Newton out there. Yeah. Um, I would definitely, you guys know how I feel about Mac Jones. That's definitely my guy in the draft. So I'd be thrilled if they got him. Um, if Jimmy G's not available, you can't make a move for Marcus Mariota and Fitzpatrick goes to the Colts as they think he will. Then I think, well, I mean, Cam Newton's the best option. I don't want to see Jameis Winston or... Nathan Peterman or anybody of that nature coming to the Patriots. And thank you so much for the donation, Mr. Billy Green.
3: Uh yeah, I don't think it's a bad option because he was on the team last year so he's familiar with the playbook, the coaches, the team. So I don't think it's terrible. You'd probably get him for pretty cheap too because obviously he didn't have a phenomenal season last year, so he's not going to get or even I mean, he could ask for a ton of money, but he's not going to get it from anybody. Um, but I, I wouldn't be mad about it either because if he wants to continue playing, maybe this could be like a redemption year. Maybe he can have a much better season, which works out for the Patriots. And then it works out for him to continue his career elsewhere.
2: That would make sense. All right. Uh, Tia Thomas said, I think we have so many holes that we have to go best available option. This is about the draft, obviously, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, that's one of the issues, too, is I see like four or five spots where the Patriots really need help and it would make sense for them to take a first round pick at that point. So I I guess it might really matter who's who's still available at 15 because I think a lot can go awry between like the eight, nine and like 16th pick. There's going to be a lot that goes on there where people get picked that we don't expect, I think
0: because Mm -hmm. i'm on the rebuild train and i'm willing to have a couple of different you know a couple of difficult years to get the patriots back where they need to be because when you think about a team like the buffalo bills who they're the perfect example of being stuck in quarterback purgatory and that was i stole lawrence's line there but you are they were stuck in quarterback purgatory for so long with tyrod taylor ryan fitzpatrick you know just kept going through these guys and and they'd get some hot starts and then they would die out and things just wouldn't work What happened when they finally went on a full rebuild and brought in Josh Allen and actually had the opportunity to develop around him and develop him as a quarterback, they win the AFC East, they find themselves in the AFC championship. Guys, I don't want to be that guy. And I'm usually very optimistic, but I don't want to be that guy. But if we want to see the Patriots competing for a super bowl in the next two or three years, we're not going to do it. Bringing in Brian Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota. It's just not, it's not a thing. Look at everybody who was in the AFC championships and the super bowls, right? They're all homegrown talent. I get that Tom Brady wasn't homegrown in in Tampa Bay, but I mean, he's the goat. Aaron Rodgers, homegrown talent. Patrick Mahomes, homegrown talent. Josh Allen, homegrown talent. You go even further down the line, Baker Mayfield, you know, you look at Lamar Jackson, almost every team that was in the playoffs on both sides had their drafted homegrown quarterbacks. That's how you develop a team. We're not going to do it. And I'm sorry, I, look, I love Cam Newton. I think he's a great dude. I don't think he, who he was in 2015. I think he'd come in and be a good bridge quarterback. Cam Newton is a mid-tier quarterback. He's not at the top anymore. He really isn't. He's a, he's a, he's that mid-tier level. He's comparable to the Fitzpatrick's of the world, right? You are not going to win a Super Bowl with, with Cam Newton. I would much rather them if somebody like Mac Jones or Justin Fields is available going with a quarterback and going on a rebuild. Um, Otherwise, we're going to have a couple years of maybe competing to get in the playoffs, and it's going to be 10 years of hell for the Patriots because now they're going to have too many assets. Here's the thing. If the Patriots are going to go for it, they're going to have to invest in wide receivers. They're going to have to invest in tight ends, invest in defensive players. Now they're going to have too many assets. Now you're going to have a Corey Davis. Oh, just trade him away. Not when he's carrying 20, millions of dead, 20 million worth of dead cap, right? Because that's what it's going to do when you start investing into these guys. So the Patriots are in a situation now where if they go for it the next two years, we better hope for a Super Bowl or it's going to be 10 years of misery before we finally get rid of this mismanaged contract, these mismanaged contracts and get back into a draft situation. We'll be doing it without Bill Belichick because he'll be done by then. And we'll be going through a, a complete regime change. I think Belichick on a proper rebuild in three years can have this team competing again by developing a quarterback, saving his money, and then going big in one of the free agencies the same way, or making a big trade when you don't need a first rounder, the same way Stephon Diggs pushed, you know, that uh, pushed, uh, Buffalo over the edge. That's my big concern.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, to get back to the comment, cause that was a lot of information. I'm like, I don't know how to respond. It was a good answer, but I agree. Um, I think it is going to be interesting to think people will be pretty upset if there is like a, you know, if Mac Jones is available at 15 and the Patriots don't select him, I think a lot of people are hoping that they're going to take a uh, quarterback uh, um, in the first round. But if not, I, I mean, I think that if they do go with whoever the best available player is, I'm not going to be mad about that. I mean, if we're drafting for the future, then I think that's a, not a bad idea. But it just depends because maybe they have their eyes on another quarterback or I don't know, maybe next year's draft is a guy that they really like. We'll see. But um, it's hard to predict what they're going to do. We haven't been in this situation for a while. So the draft is going to be super interesting, just like uh, the free agency. I'm excited that we will finally be able to talk about it soon and know what we're talking about. You know, Free
0: Absolutely. agency is going to be very telling to what the Patriots are going to do in the draft. And that's the thing. Yes. I don't think we can get very deep into the draft. If the Patriots go out and sign a veteran quarterback, sign a receiver, sign a tight end, re-sign David Andrews, you mm-hmm. know, do a whole bunch of that kind of stuff, then yeah, then I don't see them drafting a quarterback. I see them drafting for another positional need and trying to strengthen this team and go for it. Right. If the Patriots don't, or if the Patriots, I'll tell you right now, if the Patriots franchise tag Joe Tooney, that's for trade purposes. I'm telling you that right now. If I see a franchise on Joe Tooney, that's because if they sign him, he won't sign a one year. If they sign him for multiple years, then they've got too much dead cap. They can't make the move. If they franchise tag him, it'll be for a trade and, I will con- and we'll know that they're going into a rebuild. That completely changes what they do in the draft. And I think that's the big mm-hmm. thing. And depending mm-hmm. on the moves they make, I'm just, here's what I'm what I'm worried about, to be honest with you. I'm not somebody who's sitting here saying the Patriots aren't going to win a Super Bowl in 25 years and Belichick can't draft. This is garbage. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not being negative on the team. What I'm saying is, though, is I think that there are expectations set through the roof that Bill Belichick is going to turn this team around and they're going to be competing in the hardest division, sorry, the hardest conference. And what could be the hardest division next year because if tua takes a leap we already know what the buffalo bills are if they draft a running back woo, and they put a running game to that offense i'm just i'm so scared that we're going to witness eight and eight for the next two or three years and be
2: drafting at 15 and 20 trying to rebuild the team right all right we got a donation coming in here from billy green again shout out billy green he says I really believe if we surround Cam with good weapons through free agents and draft Mac Jones that will put us in a really good situation. Um yeah, we were kind of discussing all this um I think I think we were all kind of think this could be an option. Cam would be a decent enough bridge quarterback and hopefully Mac Jones will work out. That's just the thing you never know what quarterback's going to pan out, who's going to pan out, who's not. So obviously I think Mac Jones is going to be a guy who's not going to start right away, so it's going to take a few years before he really does it. And then, like Ray's saying, maybe a few years from now, if they ride it out, they'll be really good in 2022, 2023, and Mac Jones can be a stud for the next 10 years.
0: I also want to point out, too, that Justin Herbert wasn't ready for the NFL this year, according to a lot of experts as well, right? That he was going to be – even though he was fifth, he was going to be more of the project, and he was going to be more of a guy who – you know, the rookie of the year, that guy, he was going to be a project that, that the LA was going to have to be patient with as they try to move him. in. that's why Tyrod Taylor started this season.
2: Right.
3: Well, and I, um, as far as Cam goes, I would like to believe if they, well, I'd like to think that if they want to go with him again this season, that they'll sign him relatively soon or soon, much sooner than they did. Um, I would assume before the draft for sure. And I think that that'll be beneficial for both the team and for Cam. Maybe if he knows where he's going, he's familiar. Like he's, he understands the expectations better. I can't speak for his throwing because everyone wants to talk about, he throws into the dirt and blah, 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 blah. Can't speak to that, but hopefully he won't have any shoulder issues. He won't have any other health issues. Like I think they said his abdomen. And then of course um, the illness that he had at the beginning of the season so, um, yeah, but I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that's what a lot of people are kind of hoping for because there really aren't big names that seem attainable as far as quarterbacks go that the Patriots could get.
0: At which point do we put Cam Newton in the Jimmy Garoppolo category?
2: Mm, that's tough. I look at them similarly. I'm apprehensive towards both of them. Jimmy less for his play and more for his health and cam more for if he repeats what he did this season, I think we're going to be in trouble next year. Regardless, it's just going to be a lost season. Okay. But um, let's say that his, I don't know. let's
0: say the balls in the dirt, which weren't prevalent at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Let's say it's because of injury. Mm-hmm. He did have a bum shoulder. did have a bun. abdomen, you know, and did have a hurt abdomen. Well, good English, right? <laughs> He's always hurt. He's -hmm. the same reason that we're apprehensive about bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Mm -hmm. It's the exact same situation. It's a guy who's always injured. Okay. He didn't miss games because of injury this year. He he did because of COVID, but he, he didn't miss games because of injury. But if he played injured and that was affecting his throwing motion, that was affecting the way he was moving in the pocket, you know, maybe it wasn't pocket awareness. Because at the end of the year, Connor, that's what I talked about a lot. Like I was getting very concerned with his pocket awareness. Now a guy with legs like that was just getting sacked and holding on to the ball so long and not running through the holes, but maybe he was hurt and didn't want to take those hits and those runs, you know, with, with his injury issues again, though, I, uh, if we're apprehensive, we just sat here, Connor. And you said like, I'm really worried about bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo because of his injury history. It's the exact same with Cam Newton. You know what I mean, and that's I think where where my concern comes in with Cam. If we're going to put it all the injury last year, maybe it was, maybe it was because we didn't see the bad throws at the beginning of the year. It went as the year went on, but that's just typical Cam Newton, is it not?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, he's been he's been injury prone a little bit as well. So if they're going to go that route, then I they're going to need to draft a rookie because they're going to need somebody else to go to.
1: Or, I think also, or, or the- it'll
0: be Stidham season. Or Matt yeah, Jones yeah. will, will you know, if, if one of those, if they bring in one of those two and they get hurt, I could see Jared Stidham starting a lot of this season as they try to develop and not put the other quarterback into the position where he's going out and getting his ass kicked and, and kind of getting ruined that way, right?
2: Yeah.
3: I think the edge that Cam has over Jimmy, though, is that he's a recent Patriot. So that's one thing that goes in his favor is that he's more familiar with what they're doing right now than Jimmy. Like the, I mean, of course, the injuries and stuff—they're very similar. But I think that if Jimmy came back, it's like he's been gone for a few years. So at least like Cam was just here. So it's,
0: it's funny because I—I'll I, be honest with you, I think the exact opposite. Okay. I think I think Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that Josh McDaniels would be more comfortable with a Jimmy Garoppolo because he can run the system he wants to run. Right with Cam Newton, right. it's a completely different offense. And and this is why I have questioned Josh a little bit. And, and Connor, I know you were, did the same thing. we were in the end of the year, right? We kept saying we don't think that Josh McDaniels knew what to do with Cam Newton. Right, right? like that's what we kept saying. And I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that he doesn't know what to do with Cam Newton. And yeah, you know what? Late signing, yada, yada, yada. You're supposed to be the, the, the brightest offensive mind in baseball. You had, you had the offseason, and then you had a 17 weeks in the season to figure it out, and you, you couldn't. It Actually, the play calling got worse as the season went on. Well, and that's
3: why I I would assume that if they do bring Cam back, that then they're understanding that they're going to have to adjust what they tried to do last season. That maybe McDaniel's is more on on the boat of having Cam come back. Like, I mean, maybe it wasn't a completely his idea, or he wasn't thrilled with it last season. But I would like to think that if they brought him back, that it was kind of like a joint decision and a joint understanding. That it wasn't going to be, you know, you know what I'm saying. I don't know how to explain it, but
0: no, no, I get what you're saying. Again, what happens in free agency is going to dictate what happens in the draft, but mm. I, a part of me says this, if they sign Cam Newton, they're not bringing in Mac Jones. That's what, that's what I'll put out right now. Cause you're not going to bring in a mobile quarterback and draft a pocket quarterback to learn from the All mobile right. quarterback, right? You're not going to completely change your whole offense for Cam Newton only in two years to completely change your offense back to a, a pocket quarterback, because there's going to be a lot of, the thing is when you're And again, it's the difference between the rebuild and the retool or trying to trying to rebuild while trying to compete. And this is why it's difficult. So the young receivers, the Jacoby Myers and all those kind of guys, you're building them into the system as well, right? In two years, if you change the whole system again, they're so used to running certain routes, doing certain plays, doing this, doing that. You're screwing up the whole chemistry with the whole offense. Basically whoever your your young quarterback is, if that's your future, and this is a bridge guy, you're running an offense that's going to be similar to what this guy is going to run in a year or two years and you're drafting players to run in that scheme If you bring in Cam Newton and you're getting receivers who are built to play with Cam Newton You're bringing in a tight end that's built to play with Cam Newton So I think if they re-sign Cam, they're not bringing in Jones Or they're probably bringing in a more mobile quarterback And then it's like, well, can, can McDaniels actually adapt this offense? Right. Whereas with a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Ryan Fitzpatrick, that more fits into the Mac Jones piece. So like I said, to figure out what the Patriots are going to do in the draft, we have to see what happens in free agency first. And that point just came to my head when I was thinking about that there. I was like, wait a minute, why bring in Cam Newton? If you're drafting Mac Jones, when there's other pocket quarterbacks, you can build Mac Jones, system in as your bridge you know and this is again the difficulty of trying to compete while you're trying to rebuild at the same time it's why I'm a fan of doing one or the other right
3: well and this might be a silly idea but what if it's like what if Cam is maybe as he's getting older wants to become more of a pocket passer or maybe if if they had him and then they bring in Mac Jones. What if they wanted to try and get Mac to be more of a runner as well? What if they well, were Mac- trying to incorporate that? Because, I mean, now it's all – it's being that. That's the hot new trend in quarterbacks. They have to be a mobile quarterback. So, yeah, but Mac, I mean- Mac
0: Jones is as fast as Tom Brady. So he's not mm-hmm. going to be a mobile quarterback. Okay. That's the thing. You can't teach him to be faster. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't you – can't Well, I mean, I don't watch more- tape,
3: so I'm yeah. like, I, I have no idea about yeah. Mac.
0: Yeah. You can't make somebody more athletic, so they would definitely wouldn't be going that way. My concern with, I'll tell you what, uh, my concern with making Newton a pocket quarterback is his mechanics are terrible. That's why I like him as a mobile quarterback. Um, That's been the knock his whole career, but it didn't matter because he was such an athlete. No, if you're going to keep Cam, he's got to be doing what he's doing. There's no... You it's know, just so it's many a, people
3: say it's not sustainable, and they're like, he's getting older. Like he's going to be thirty-two next season, so they're like, well, maybe he shouldn't be running so often. So it's just like a, I don't know, it was just a thought. I'm like, maybe he's going to try and slow it down. I no, don't know. no, and
0: I, I, I totally get what you're saying, but he does not have the mechanics to be a pocket quarterback. That's my issue. We, yeah. the first of all, we saw him try to be a pocket quarterback for a little bit last year, and he was getting destroyed by defenses with one of the best offensive lines in the league in front of him you know what i mean mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: 90 i saw the stats or something like 94 percent of his tackle or sacks and quarterback hits last year were not on the offensive line they were hit with 4.5 seconds you know what i mean you can't mm-hmm. be holding the ball for five seconds and that's an issue and i don't know how you teach an older quarterback who's played one way his whole career not just to completely change all this because what you're talking about now is not just changing mechanics changing a mindset like you're doing a complete change in a person and i'll just tell you as a social worker nobody changes we might change behaviors. We can change things, but to, to re-change that whole thing, yeah, that's diff- that's difficult, man. I, I don't, don't know. know. I think how it would be really that.
1: interesting
3: to see, though. I mean, it would help him keep his career going longer. I think, but I mean, it, it is. Help. I mean, again, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you never know. I don't know.
0: You can. Again, what I would say is is just everybody keeps their expectations low and just oh, yeah, know, I, yeah if that's what they're doing with cam newton a bit oh oh my god be prepared Uh, you know what it could work look either way it could be it could be a 12-win season or it legitimately could be a two-win season if he's trying to convert his whole quarterback play and the hate that's going to be slammed towards him is going to be unreal
3: well, I right? mean, even with the crazy seats that they had last, year, they, they w- lost a handful of games only by one touchdown or less. I think that people forget that. Of course, they lost nine games, and I'm not saying that, like, oh, my God, they could have won all of them. But there was a handful that was like, oh, they could have won that, so they easily could have won, like, 10, 11, 12 games. Not that they would have gone deep in the playoffs, and I'm not saying that even if they got in, but I'm saying, like, there were games where it was like, "Oh, if that hadn't happened in the last two, or if he didn't do that, you know what I mean." I mean, of course, you can do that in any game, but
0: um you can. I think I mean, that, we, that yeah.
3: people forget a little bit.
0: No, no, that it wasn't I agree.
3: completely horrible.
0: No, no, I agree with you, but I'll also throw out, and I think this is a fair argument: two of those seven wins were against the New York Jets. Yeah, right, right.
3: I mean, the that first time they did play tough, it was against Joe Flacco, so it was better than Darnold, but.
0: Yeah, but it still, was still that, it was still the worst defense in the league and we could yeah. hardly move the football. Right? Yeah. We won against Arizona on the back of Damian Harris. You know mm. what I mean? Just punching the ball down their throat. Yeah. We lost games by touchdowns, but like that Denver game, not just the fact that it ended on what was probably Cam Newton's worst throw of the year where he missed a, a wide open to heel Harry by 15 yards. Right. Mm. But also just, they couldn't move the football the raiders win connor that was when you and i came on after that post game and went "Ooh, what happened to cam right Uh, you know what i mean and they won that game but we went that didn't look like the cam from last week you know what i mean like that was that was a brutal that was but that was damien harris's breakout game and uh what's his name and the burkhead had an amazing game that game runs and passes and that kind of thing um and the patriots need to learn how to score in the red zone you know what i mean and that, that that was an issue as well so Yeah, there's games we should have won, but I think in retrospect there's games we probably should have lost too. Yeah. You know, so for sure, yeah. So I think the seven wins was kind of reflective of what the Patriots were when you think of it objectively. I'm much more of a homer in the during the season because that's when my passion is out at a at a, a, a front. Now that we're starting to get into February, this is when I've had time to digest the season and rewatch things. And I start looking at things and I start going, oh, like I watched that San Francisco game again last week. And I I was just like, not just Cam, the entire team. And you saw the holes in defense. You know, you saw JC Jackson and why I have concerns of him being a number one. And I've watched three games where I have concerns where JC Jackson was taking on the number one guy and he didn't look great, right? Yeah. Like there's, 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 you know, the same way that guys like Muhammad Sanu build off of guys like Julio Jones, there's a way that guys like JC Jackson build off of guys like Stephon Gilmore, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it, it's, you know, you think about the, the 2014 Super Bowl. Malcolm Butler, the hero, has a great game against Seattle in the Super Bowl. But let's not forget that Matthews was the one torching Kyle Arrington. And yep. they said, okay, Butler, you're going to be on Matthews. And they said, no, no, put Browner on Matthews, you know, because he's better than Curse. He's playing better than Curse. So they didn't trust Malcolm Butler to take on who was probably the best receiver on the day. They put him on Curse. And Brand- Browner went over and took him. And then for the interception, if you guys all watch you can see Brandon Brown are telling Butler, don't let Mm -hmm. them undercut, you know, we're going to do this. And again, shout out to Ernie Adams who saw that play coming like a week before it happened. Guys are good by the players around them. I've said the same thing about Jules, right? Um, so I want to see if my dog would bark. Um, (laughs) I say the same thing about Jules though, right? Is he a different receiver without Gronkowski on the field or without, you know, Amendola on the other side or somebody to take the pressure off of him. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's what's JC Jackson without Stephon Gilmore. Unfortunately, what we saw was good, but it wasn't great. Like we see when Stephon Gilmore's on the field, right? you know what I mean? And and Mm -hmm. that's, that's the concern I have. Mm -hmm. Like the jets, right? He got torched against the jets. He reminds me of, um, in a way of Deron Harmon. Wasn't the best safety on the team by far. Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty were ahead of him, but Dron Harmon was the closer. He always came up with the interception at the big time, you know, and that's what JC Jackson reminds me is the cornerback. He's the guy who, when the Patriots need a turnover, he's going to get that turnover. But I think if he, if he had to take on Deandre Hopkins for a whole game, I don't know. I
2: don't know if he can do it.
1: Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Let's do one more comment.
2: All right, we have a donation from Ross here. It says happy birthday facile. Tampa would have won with Binsky. Who's Binsky?
3: Trubisky. Oh, tra- tra-
2: Trubisky. Wow. Now, we'll get, now we're getting now we're getting now we're getting crazy.
0: See, that's getting personal. Now, we're getting, getting now personal. we're getting crazy. All right. We gotta cut the ads, guys. Thank you very much, Ross, for uh for keeping us employed. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, really quick time out here to hear from our sponsors over at fcustom.com and then one minute and 33 seconds of the worst music in the world. But hearing me talk about our Patreon page, where we put out exclusive content, early content, four videos posted between yesterday and today. And Connor will be doing something tonight, right, Connor? That's right. He didn't know, but I'm telling him because people are paying for it, Connor, so we have to be consistent, right? That's right. Week, Connor and I have personal business conversations live on air. Ladies and gentlemen, hear from our sponsors over at fcustom.com. fcustom.com is your spot to find the best custom baseball, basketball, and football jerseys. Choose from hundreds of designs and colors and customize the jersey any way you want. Use the promo code RayRoute and save yourself 10% to get the best custom jerseys at fcustom.com. Hey, if you enjoy the lighthearted, wholesome content that you get from the Dear Pats Nation podcast, YouTube and Facebook page and wish that you could get more, you are in luck because Dear Pats Nation has launched our Patreon page. We didn't add any ridiculous tiered levels of support. and We're not asking you to pledge 20 bucks a month. For five bucks, that's right, five bucks a month, you'll have access to daily exclusive Dear Pats Nation videos. You'll get traditional vlogs from Connor, Sarah, and I talking about the Patriots, the Celtics, and the Red Sox, but we'll also have exclusive interviews, behind the scene footage, bloopers, early views of videos that aren't available on YouTube, live streams exclusively for Patreon members, and that's just scratching the surface. We're not gonna make you pay a monthly fee If we're not committed to adding and making it the best possible experience for you, we're not in this to get rich. We're not in this to rip you off. We just want enough to pay our bills and being able to create on Patreon is just one way we're trying to do it. So please come check out our, check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash DPN sports. We've also left the description in, or we've also left the link of the, in the description of our YouTube and Facebook videos. We don't think you'll be sorry. So please at the very least, at least go check it out. And if you don't want to sign up and you don't want to pay, that's all right too. We ain't mad. You can still expect us to be here streaming live every Sunday through Thursday at 9 PM Eastern time. But if you want to get more, go check us out over on Patreon. Yeah, buddy. All right, so I need you guys to know something. Uh oh. Prior to us clicking play, I worked really hard today. I had five Patriots headlines I wanted to get through. Eight Red Sox headlines. Sheesh. Oh wow. Two Celtics headlines. An NFL headline. Raise useless rant. Sarah's Homer take and player profile, and we are 53 minutes into the podcast and we have covered two
3: headlines
0: (laughs) from the Patriots headlines. So I think we're going to go into Sarah's Homer take. I have a tweet I'm going to read to you and I want you to give your best response, but first. I that literally was some... looked I literally <laughs> nice looked, music I literally looked up Homer music and that's what came up <laughs>
3: so that was so nice very um, uplifting and Homer-like I appreciate it thank you
0: that was you I wanted I was trying to get a thumbnail together today that was like like a nice home and I wanted like a nice sunset coming in you know but mm-hmm. I just I put that together about five minutes before the show so really really quickly but I'm gonna make that, that that's the music I ain't getting away from that but I'm going to make no it I it.
3: love it that's I'm gonna good. make
0: the graphic much nicer anyways christian Faria today said it will be 25 years before the patriots get back to the super bowl sarah what's your homer take on that
3: i feel like my my easiest homer take would be like no cam newton's taking us to the super bowl no i don't think that's true i mean we have belichick there's a good system there um there was another rumor that they were i, I don't remember who said it but um That uh, Belichick's retiring in a year or so, and that they're going to be handing the job off to, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? The one who, the one we, Patricia, Patricia. And that, I didn't like that. But we have Belichick. He's the GOAT coach. I'm sure they're going to figure something out. It might be five years, but I mean, we just had 20 years of greatness, guys. You got to be appreciative of that. So we got to take some losing seasons, but we're going to be fine. Okay. Even if it's not with Cam and that's like my my biggest homer take so
1: I'm that so music ha- man <laughs> i'm so
0: happy with that music when I put up Homer music and that's the music, like there was four options. And when I clicked on that, I was like, I just, I had visions in my head of what I could do with the graphic. And I just, I got so excited. That was
2: good.
3: I appreciate it. I like it. So
0: we're going to skip Ray's Use Was Ran tonight. Number one, the subject isn't that great. Number two, we're like seriously, seriously tight on time. But I have to, uh, see, okay, so we have to go to a Patriots headline because I need to go through this headline so we can set up player profile. Okay. (laughs) So I think you both know this by now. I'm not a fan of Asante Samuel. You know the guy, the cornerback, who dropped an interception in the Super Bowl in <sighs> the very next play led to a uh, particular helmet catch that Dead. blew up the, the perfect season? Do you guys
3: remember that? Do you guys remember that moment? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. I still remember my mother's whale. So...
0: So I hold Asante Samuel personally responsible for the Patriots not going undefeated that season. I didn't before, but he ran his mouth forever plus a day about, you know, how bad Balachek is and blah, 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 blah. So he was on a podcast and did you know that Bill Belichick had called him after the 2007 season. Now, one thing that I read about Asante Samuel was apparently he never bought into the Patriots way. He didn't believe in the Patriots way. Believed he could win a Super Bowl anywhere else. He won a couple of them, I think three of them actually with the Patriots, two or three. Believed that he didn't have to buy into the Patriots way. He could win it anywhere else. He signed with the Eagles, he didn't win a Super Bowl again after leaving the Patriots. Played six more years, his career fizzled out. Now he's an asshole on Twitter. But He apparently Bill Belichick called him in 2008 and said, Hey, I'm going to franchise tag you. And he said, if you franchise tag me, I'm going to fuck this team up.
3: Okay. Such
0: a great guy, isn't he? Isn't he, and they put him down as an all time Patriot. Hmm. And he told Bill Belichick, I'm going to see, this is where the left hand doesn't talk to the right hand, right? How do you put a guy, how does he get on the all time list? yeah
3: (laughs) it's probably just because of the time period he was on the team and like he's a name people and he had some other moments i guess but
1: i don't know i I mean
3: that's my most memorable thing though is the helmet catch like that's the thing that i'm always going to remember him for so like that series of uh events there so he was
0: an overrated secondary player who played with on one of the best secondaries in the world and that's why he gets all the credit never forget people that Asante samuel is fully responsible for the patriots perfect season never happening and that is a perfect tie-in to everybody's favorite game show
2: I have a feeling I know who this is going to be.
0: Player profile with uh, Connor Carney. Connor, today you are going to be looking at a cornerback coming out of FSU. You're nice. nodding already. You know it. He's <laughs> 5'10", 184 pounds. My God, I want this man to be a New England Patriot for one reason and one reason only. Connor, tell the world what you know about
2: asante samuel jr i'll tell you this i know that his father is personally responsible for ruining the perfect season for the patriots in 2007 he had the opportunity to catch the football there at the end of the fourth quarter he did not take advantage of that opportunity resulting in the helmet catch and the Giants scoring a touchdown and winning that game. If he's going to be successful in the NFL, what he needs to do is not have butterfingers, maybe use some of that stick you put on your gloves, so when he gets the opportunity to intercept the pass, he can. If he's able to make those interceptions, that's when he's going to have a good career. Do you think his father would be happy if Bill Belichick drafted him? No, I think his father would actually be upset. Just kind of like uh, when the, his kid doesn't get to play when he's in like peewees, he's going to be with the angry father on the sidelines.
0: Would it be nice to see him get drafted, make the squad, and then be a healthy scratch for his five
2: years of his career? <laughs> it would be funny. <laughs> it would be funny, but I know how nuts everyone would go about it. And they would all blame Belichick, I feel like. Do you think Belichick has a big enough ego to draft Asante Samuel Jr.? I don't know where he's expected to go, but maybe if he's there in like the sixth, seventh round, then yes. I uh, I think he might he'll be higher than that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he'll do it. Then I don't think he'll do it unless he actually wanted the kid. And I don't think he's gonna.
0: But what if he's a really good cornerback? Well, you should know—is he a really good cornerback?
2: Again, man, it's it's going to depend. He's if he follows in his father's footsteps when he did you know made the interceptions and covered people well then he's going to be a good cornerback but if he's dropping the interceptions he's not covering people and he's being you know not following the patriot way and being bad in the locker room and you know just as a player outside of the game then he's not going to have a good career
0: is there a possibility that he could blow a perfect season for the patriots if belichick
2: drafted him There is. There always is that possibility. I would say it's a a small possibility, but it's definitely a possibility. But you think it could be in his genes? Yes, that's that's the type of thing. You either have the clutch gene or you don't. Have you actually,
0: I think because you said I think I know who this is, you'd actually heard of Asante Samuel Jr. prior to this, right?
2: I had. I did know Asante Samuel Jr. was coming into the league.
0: Have you watched him
2: play? I have not. When
0: you heard he was coming to the league, did you know that Asante Samuel even had a son named Asante Samuel Jr.?
2: (laughs) Not until it popped up on Twitter a couple months ago, but when it did, I said, hey, I bet you this is Asante Samuel's son. (laughs) And I put two and two together. Good luck to us good luck to Asante Samuel Jr.'s son.
3: Imagine imagine someone being named Asante Samuel Jr. and his father not being Asante Samuel. It was just, <laughs> that, that was just the name they gave him because it sounded good.
2: That was a bet I was willing to take that one. I had a yeah. feeling that, that one gl- that, that one would pan out. That's who that would be.
3: I'm glad you guessed right that right? you know who his dad was. I
2: had a I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, nope, he can't stop laughing, guys. <laughs> for those who are listening, he has That's, to they, mute his mic.
2: They thank you, Sarah. We need <laughs> we need someone to remember about the listeners because I never do. Yeah. My apologies, my apologies to the listeners. I always forget about them. That
0: line right there. That line <laughs> right there. That, put the
2: two together. Just epitomized Connor's contributions to Deer Pass Nation. That's right. <laughs> I put those two together, man. That's that was my that's my knowledge as oh far as it goes.
0: Oh my god. That killed me. I couldn't talk. I had to <laughs> I had to hit the music. I couldn't do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is his son, right? Yeah, it's
3: his okay. son. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think we confirmed right. that. Right. I don't okay.
0: know why you're not a lead investigator in the Massachusetts Police. You know, state police or anything like that, or the Boston PD or anything like that. Like
2: they've they've reached out to me, but you know, I'm I've been a little busy.
0: You're busy selling
2: Ford. Pintos? I'm busy selling Ford Pintos, you know, in case Ross ever comes in and wants to buy one.
3: <laughs> and I can't is or two Massachusetts State Lottery. They hey, got Ross, calls about you. Ross, <laughs> they they
0: may have. <laughs> Ross uh, invited me to uh, to a Red Sox game.
2: Nice. I heard. Does he have season tickets? Fancy. I don't
0: know if he does, oh, but. I think he does. So your dad's going to buy me a beer and Ross is going to take me to a Red Sox game. So it's obvious that the people in your area like me more than they like you.
2: Apparently.
0: I was telling the guys in the group chat today that you've gotten arrogant since I called you the Boston heartthrob and that you're costing me a fortune. You're charging me Tyra, or Tyra Banks type of money now.
2: I guess I got to go back to the Boston Boomer.
3: Yes, I'm, I'm not credited the, Not
0: that. Not the, no, not, not the, the other, other one. one. Not the I other got, one. They called me on that today. I got called on that in the group chat. Yeah, I still can't, Uh -uh. I still can't believe I said that. I still can't believe I said that (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to. (laughs) Um, I do want to, we got to wrap this up, but I do want to touch on, um, the basketball stuff we can hit, uh, next week because it's, it's not a dead, they won't, they won't die, but, uh,
3: by the way, Celtics won. They beat your
0: Toronto Raptors. They beat the Toronto Raptors who won a championship a couple years ago. Um. Marwin Gonzalez, mm-hmm. is he the is he the piece? Is he the piece that's going to take the Red Sox all the way to the World Series?
2: No, <laughs> no, no. He's definitely not. But Marwin Gonzalez, he's actually had a couple of good seasons, and he's going to be a good piece for the Red Sox. Definitely, I think it was a good signing. I mean, he's he's definitely going to help them out, but that's not what they're missing from going. They're not all of a sudden going to be a World Series contender because of him.
0: So here's what I don't understand, Connor. Yes. I'm going to, okay. So two rival executives believe that the Red Sox are now likely to sign Jackie Bradley Jr. now that they've traded Andrew Benatendi. Mm-hmm. They said, quote, it makes too much sense not to happen now. Okay. They got Franchi Cordero, one of the best names in baseball, by the way. Yes. In that trade, hard hitter. Why did they trade Benedent? Like, why did they trade him if they're going to sign Jackie Bradley now? They're signing outfielders galore. They had an outfielder. I don't understand. I don't get the move. Cora did a, an emotional thing on Instagram today. I don't think he's happy. There's a lot of rumors out there that there's people inside the Red Sox organization who weren't happy with this move.
2: Yeah.
0: I,
3: I'm sorry. I- I don't Can get I say one, one thing really quick too about JBJ? I read something that a, a player that they just signed, and I can't tell you who it was because I'm not a big Red Sox fan, but they said that he took JBJ's number, so it's yeah. like they're not bringing it, JBJ back.
2: It was Franchi Cordero. They gave him JBJ's okay. number. Yeah. yeah, yeah so they, if they read. end up,
0: if they end up resigning him, they'll just give it back to him, and they'll give Franchi I, somebody else.
2: I don't know what the Red Sox like plan is. I really don't know what they're doing. They're like 50% and a rebuild 50% and a retool. And like 1% doesn't even know what they're doing. I, I don't know what their plan is half the time there. It looks like they're planning for the future, which then would make sense to, you know, trade Ben attendee and bring in like four or five prospects, which looks like what they were doing. But then they go out there and spend money on all these different guys. You know, they signed, they signed Kiki Hernandez too. They signed, uh, one of the pitchers who they paid about ten million bucks—I forget his name—I think it was Richards. So it's like they're they're signing people for this season. You but signed the
0: Japanese reliever.
2: Yes, they did. Yep, he was cheap though. He was really cheap, like two million bucks or something, which is nothing in baseball. But then they they're trading people away for prospects. So it's like they're contradicting themselves with what their plan is this whole offseason. I don't get it.
0: So what was it like when was it two years ago or three years ago? The Red Sox won the World Series.
2: Three years ago, 18, 2018.
0: Yeah. Okay, it was mm-hmm. 18 and it was Ben Attendee, Yep, Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. and Jackie Bradley Jr. out in the outfield. That was the trio. It
2: was That was the trio. Two
0: of them have now been traded away. Even though executives believe the Sox are going to are going to sign Jackie Bradley Jr. They may not, all three mm-hmm. of them gone. I don't get it, Connor. I really don't. I don't understand a lot of the moves.
2: They tore the team down, but they've decided not to fully rebuild it.
0: So are they almost stuck in an in-between? Like, I don't want the Patriots to happen where they're stuck in in between?
2: That's exactly where they are.
0: I mean, I get building the farm.
2: Yeah. But But yeah, they're they're contradicting themselves.
0: What Did they get prospects for Benatendi?
2: Yes. Yep. Good ones? Uh, That's yet to be determined. I don't know any of the people. Some of them were players to be named later
0: which means no, which means, yeah, which means probably not. Yeah. Cuz I know Shine was talking about um uh what's his name? Franchi. Yep. And he was like, you know, I think he said that he hits the ball harder than any like as as anybody in the game, which tells me like that was a key piece in the trade.
2: Right. And he's 26, so I thought maybe they'll go get him cuz he's young. Ben Attendee I looked up, though, was 26 as well cuz I thought Ben Attendee was more like 29, but they're the same exact age.
0: Yeah. So we do have a lot of people from Toronto who watch the show just because I have friends, believe it or not. And they wanted me to ask you in particular about Joel Payamps. Is that his name?
2: I'm not sure. Oh,
0: huh. good. Well, he was, <laughs> he was a Red Sox that they put on waivers.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Joel Payamps. He's a pitcher. The Blue Jays picked him up today.
2: How Blue recently? Jays. How recently was he a pitcher for the Red Sox? I don't remember him. Was he he one of the guys at the end of last season?
0: I don't know. It just says that the thing is Blue Jays claim Joel payamps off waivers from the Red Sox.
2: Let me see if I can look him up.
0: And the Blue Jays designated Shun Yokud Yamaguchi for assignment to claim him.
2: Hmm. He's a um, Dominic-
0: he's Dominican. Yep. He played his. He's played for Colorado, Arizona, Boston, and Toronto.
2: Well, now Toronto. He, whatever he did, he did not make a good impression on me because I do not remember him. He's got a three eighty six ERA. Yep. Five strikeouts. Five strikeouts. So that's that's last season. He may be a
0: new signing that they didn't even use because he played for Arizona in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Right. November twenty fifth, twenty twenty, Pamps was claimed off of waivers by the Boston Red Sox. On February third, Pamps was designated for assignment after signing Garrett Richards, Uh, and then the Blue Jays picked him up today.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Because I was going to say, I don't even. I I still watched a lot of the games last season, but I know they brought a bunch of people up at the very end of the year when it was completely, just the season was completely out of reach. But I didn't even remember him.
0: Well, I was asked to ask you about it, so I asked you about
2: it. Okay. I'm sorry. I, this is My analysis is about as good as the uh, college football analysis is. Amazing.
0: Well, the good news is, is the Red Sox trucks are in Fort Myers unloading. I think what, we're news. a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Yep. I think some guys are already down there. Spring training and another COVID year on its way, but that's what it is. So, Connor, I might as well ask you, tell me about those Red Sox.
2: They're going to be legit, kid.